0: Hey guys, welcome back to Let's Talk Sheets. We are your hosts, Chad.
1: And Jeanette. Thanks for tuning in, to folks.
0: During today's episode, we'll be covering office space rental options. Some of you may have a space, some of you may not. Regardless, we are talking to both types of situations. We're covering a ton of information today, and I can see that Jeanette is already chomping at the bit to get us started, so take it away, Jeanette.
1: Thank you, Chad. Yes, I am chomping at the bit because, Chad, this is a popular discussion topic in three of the Facebook groups that I'm a member of massage therapists, licensed massage therapist and Pittsburgh massage therapists, my local group. And Chad, Gina also asked us this question recently.
0: She did. I remember you and I both discussed rental options with her dinner call.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's my favorite thing to coach students on.
0: Um, this is your favorite. Okay. So why, why is this your favorite thing?
1: Because it's one of the most looming concerns for a beginning therapist, right? Like, where am I going to set up shop and how am I going to afford it? Right. Okay. And part of why I love having a conversation around this topic is directly related to one of our primary missions to encourage therapists to think outside of the box in all aspects of their business.
0: Yes. Okay. So what are some of the primary spaces a therapist would consider as an office space?
1: Well, the top three spaces that massage therapists usually go to are a chiropractor's office, a salon or spa, like local setting, or an office building. Um, sometimes they go to a standalone um, office uh, like storefront. Um, but most of the times that's really not the case because of affordability, right? Office spaces um, with windows. That are in a plaza tend to be a little bit more expensive than just in an office building. But those are the top three that they can consider. But there's more, um, which is part of our mission to kind of think outside the box. Now, when you're starting as a therapist, right? You don't have any clientele, so you know you might have two or three that you maybe worked on in school that are willing to follow you, but your diving into this expenditure that is, in most cases, a very large price uh, without necessarily the clientele or the income to back it up.
0: Yeah, brick and mortar can be expensive for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So there are a lot of other options that you can consider that may be a little bit more affordable and may also help you uh to kind of generate leads from such as um like a, a hair salon that doesn't have anything to do with massage they're not doing facials they're not doing they're just cutting hair maybe doing some nails um if they have an extra room you can certainly set up shop there you can uh look at retreat centers in your area most of the time retreat centers the way they're set up is they have sometimes multiple floors and they have separate rooms. The whole purpose of a retreat center is someone pays to go there to get kind of away from everything. Um, So some of them have beds um, and some of them have empty rooms and they might not charge you, um, you know, the standard kind of five to $800 depending on square footage. They might just say, okay, $300 and then you generate leads from that because when people come to the retreat center or groups come to the retreat center they may see that they have an in-house massage therapist and sign up so a retreat center is a great i've known 3 therapists that have rented space from retreat centers and it that's, was very lucrative for them
0: that's interesting i have i've not heard of that before that's that's really cool that's a really cool yeah. idea
1: yeah it is and then you can also the retreat center may hire you um for a weekend retreat if they have a group coming in and they want you to offer 10 to 15 minute chair massages mm-hmm. they'll offer you to pay you for that hour and just be there and you don't have to cart anything anywhere That's easy awesome. peasy lemon squeezy yeah um other places that not a lot of people think of are especially if you're in a crunch time um and you're really not willing to kind of go out there and start paying the 550 or 700 a month for rent um Call, call your church, you know, check in with local churches in the area and ask them, Hey, I am a startup business. I'm looking to rent space. Um, I would like, you know, do you have a, do you have a location or a separate room that I can rent space off of in one of your buildings? Um,
0: I actually have a client. All he does real estate, and he buys and sells uh, churches. And it's interesting because I see all the listings that come through, and a lot of them, they're just renting a room. They're not even trying right. to lease the whole thing. It's just, you know, here's this one extra room we have, and right. you know, somebody can jump in and, you know, because it's extra income for them, right. uh, as long as it's not interfering with their, you know, regular services.
1: Right, and it's gonna. There's gonna be a lot of the key things, the key items that you're looking for are already going to be established in some of these buildings, such as a retreat center, a church rectory, um, even sometimes, um, a dance studio, uh, there are local dance studios all over the place that operate based on the kids' school schedules. So most oftentimes they're not inhabiting that space during the daytime hours. So if you're going to be a massage therapist that wants to work from the hours of eight until three, that could be a very plausible solution for you depending on how it's um how the building itself is set up and again it's a local studio they would love to have more income especially if they have you know a room that is vacant um but I'm those gonna are th-
0: i'm going to throw one in here that um that you didn't mention only because i have uh, a couple clients that are doing this they're actually One of them is working out of a CrossFit gym and they built out, uh, you know, walls and barriers uh, specifically for her little studio, right? And some of them, some of these gyms actually have areas that were designed for, you know, relaxation or chill or, you know, and they convert those into a place that, you know, you can do massage as well
1: right. Gyms are also a super, super popular place to do massage, especially if you're gearing up for that type of client, right? Mm -hmm. You're not gearing up for maybe somebody who wants to have 60 minutes of, you know, peaceful circulatory Swedish massage. You want to work on the more, um, athletic build. If you want to, for lack of better terms, um, gyms are a great place to, uh, look into as well as houses right you can choose to work out of your own home um a lot of people are not choosing to do that right now because we're still kind of getting through covid um and it's your personal space a lot of therapists aren't willing to invite strangers into their personal home but there are houses that are set up as a home on top and a business on bottom or side by side where it might be that the bottom portion of the house is available for office space. Mm -hmm. And the benefit to that is most likely it's going to be a little bit more of an intimate setting because it's a house. So it's not a big parking lot. Um, It's probably going to be set up for business. Again, some of those key factors that we're going to talk about today. There's a whole, as you can see, there's a whole list of places that you can decide to rent from. Now, where this kind of gets into the nuts and bolts about it is what are the requirements? So, the next thing that we're going to kind of try to get into is the details. What are you looking for in your rental space? Well, one, um, size is extremely important, okay? My first office space was 450 square feet. Uh, and if your mind can't really wrap around like how big 450 square feet of space is, um, it's kind of the size, it's maybe a little bit bigger than like a one-car garage. My space was set up where, and it was it's in an office building, Um, as soon as you entered the door, you had a small little waiting room. And then I had uh, two separate massage rooms um, that were both. One was, in my opinion, too small to be considered for massage, but a massage therapist that rented space for me did use it and said it was fine, little tight, but it was fine for a starting therapist. And then my room, which I quickly outgrew. uh, In fact, I upgraded, I think within a year, a little bit, maybe a little bit more than a year. 450 square feet of space with a waiting room and a large massage room is perfect. That's perfect to start out with. Um, because 450 square feet of space is usually depending on where you live, somewhere in the realm of 450 to $550 per month. You know, that's five massages, right? Like five, maybe depending on your price, 60 minute massages, 590 minute massages just to break even on the rent. That's an extremely low number to hit in a month. Don't you think?
0: I think that's super easily achievable. It's it's kind of funny. I'm looking at <laughs> I'm looking at studio apartments that are 450 square feet and I think that is plenty of room.
1: Yes, it is. I think
0: that's plenty of room. Yeah. And you know, five massages, even six per month. I mean, that's very achievable when you're starting off
1: very achievable. That's that's less than two per week. So 450 square feet of space is what I encourage you guys to look for uh, in an office space. Now, if you're looking in a chiropractic office or another doctor's office or salon or spa, of course, your massage room is not going to be 450 square feet of space, but you do want to make sure that your table actually fits in there, mm-hmm. and that you have room to move around. You have um, enough uh, square footage to put things like a chair for them to sit on to get dressed, a side table with your tissues and you know diffuser or whatever else, as well as a storage unit to keep all of your tools. Um, if you're using hot stones, cupping, uh, hot towels, whatever. Um, so what I usually, and I, this is, this is funny that I still tell people this, but it works, um, instead of taking your tape measure with you, um, which you can also do if you're a tape measure kind of person. Um, I used to take a cutout of my massage table, um, and, uh, I, I measured it out and I made one big sheet of paper and folded it up so that when I went to an office space, all I needed to do was unfold that and lay it in the middle of the room to see what the space differential between the walls was. Because you can look at a, a room and be like, oh yeah, that's that's plenty big. And then put your table in there and go, oh.
0: That's a really good idea. I, it's funny you say that. I was actually thinking like taking... Uh, a fitted sheet. So you could just lay that down and you'd have an idea, but no, I like the idea of having the cutouts. So you have your exact measurements. Yeah. If you were to do the tape measure, I'd probably suggest bringing like four quarters so that you can measure drop your quarters and know, you know, the actual perimeter. Yeah.
1: Right. Absolutely. So regardless of what kind of a space you're looking at, you want to make sure that your table does fit in your room because nothing is more frustrating than getting inside a space and realizing you don't have enough room to work. And the smaller the room, the more heated it gets, right? You put your table, hot stone, hot towel, table heater, and two bodies in there. It can get overheated super quick.
0: Yeah. It's bad for your body mechanics too. You know, you're going to end up harming yourself, uh, working in a space that you can't perform properly, you know?
1: Right. So, and that is, you know, again, to reiterate 450 square feet of space. If you're looking at an office building or a separate office space, uh, if you're looking inside another already existing building, um, sorry, business, then you want to make sure that your table fits in there. Uh, a couple of other things that you want to be aware of, which especially comes in handy When you're looking at places like gyms, salons, spas, like maybe a little bit more high traffic of a business is what is the noise level like? Mm, So I always, I always encourage people to go to these places during normal operating hours and for places like a gym, go during peak times, sit inside the room and hear what you can hear. Uh, because it doesn't matter if you're working on athletes or not. There are some athletes that I work on that prefer to just zone out, you know, so you don't want that, you know, obnoxious sound of, you know, the workout class that's behind the door, you know, busting through into your massage space.
0: Yeah. And when you listen, you'll figure out whether it's something you can mask with a fan or with, you know, white noise machine, or if it's going to be too much for what you want to what you want to do. But that's a, that's actually a really good tip. Go during business hours because then you're really going to get an idea of what business is going to be like for you.
1: Right. And if you're going to an office building, um, such as where I'm renting, an office suite inside a larger building, I had my landlord walk up and down the hallway. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a U-shaped hallway. I had him walk from the door and my suite was basically in the middle of that U-shape, walk from one entrance all the way around talking in a little bit higher volume than normal. And I stood back in my massage room and was like, okay, that's what I can hear. Granted, once you put furniture and stuff and tapestry and whatever else on the walls, it will absorb some of the sound, but that gives you a general gist of how much serenity you're able to provide for your clients. Um, So I always suggest that. Bathroom location. Where's the bathroom? Is it public? Is it private? You know, is it a walk down the hallway? Is it directly across from your suite? Those types of things are important, especially when clients have to use the restroom in the middle of their session. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever been to a place where you had to get off the table and walk down a public hallway. It's not exactly the most comforting feeling, right? (laughs) When you are half dressed uh, you know, and, you know, some of your clients may not be aware when they're coming off the table, like, Hey, you know what? Like I actually fully have to get dressed here. (laughs) You know, you can't just walk down the hallway with half your clothes on. Um, so you want to make sure that the bathroom location is in a functional area.
0: Yeah. And if you do run into a situation like that, just be aware of that and know that you'll have to make some alterations, right? Maybe you provide, you know, a, uh, a robe for your clients, if if needed, right? If that space is perfect in every way except for the restroom is not, you know, as reasonable as you'd like it to be. Okay, right. so you make an accommodation, but definitely something to be aware of, so that if you have to make an accommodation, you can. Or right. For your first place, it's not going to be perfect across the board.
1: No, it's not, and and I'm I I talk a lot of crap, but <laughs> I, this is <laughs> this is based on my first experience because my first office space. Um, the, the restroom was shared between the lower level offices. Now, granted, there wasn't a lot of foot traffic. A lot of the offices that were on my level were private appointment based offices. There was, there's a neurologist, there was a dentist. Um, these aren't necessarily high traffic areas. It's one person at a time coming in, but, um, there were public restrooms. Um, none of my clients cared. And I had the convenience of the restroom literally being directly across the hallway from my suite. So it wasn't, they didn't have to pass any other office buildings to get, or office suites to get there. Um, And again, it's not going to be perfect. This is your first space. um, Or maybe you're looking at the space that you're already in. And while you're listening to this podcast going, oh yeah, I didn't even think about that. These are just suggestions to help you Avoid getting into a space that is completely wrong and does not work for
0: you at all. Let me ask you a question. So, based on what you know now, and if this podcast alone was available to you when you're starting off, do you think you would have stayed with your first space or do you think you would have continued looking?
1: I think I would have stayed with my first space, um, but there would have been, I would have probably paid more attention to some details that i didn't during the initial walkthrough before signing the lease which is what we're going to get into after we take a really short break um we are we're going to go into some of the details that you want to look at during your first walkthrough um so that you can properly negotiate your lease terms rent price whatever your agreement is um and make sure that the space is ready for you when you move in and want to start working so Stick around. We'll be right back, guys. So we went over a little bit about what types of spaces you want to be looking at when you're renting. Um, Now we're going to get into the details of what you should pay attention to during a walkthrough of the space. Now, Chad, if I were to ask you, name five top things that you would consider being aware of when you did a walkthrough, what would they be?
0: Okay, so the size of the space, 100%. Obviously, we, di- we covered that earlier, but um, the size of the space, make sure you have everything you need to make sure that the size uh, fits for you. Um, what about the thermostat? I think it's important to be able to- Oh, yes. I mean, you have to know whether you have control. Some places you don't even have control. Um, whether it's located somewhere else or whether it's within your own suite. So I think the thermostat Yes,
1: we will get into that. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um power, right? Do you have electricity? Mm-hmm. How many outlets do you have? I mean, if you've got a heat warmer, is the electrical super old? Um Yeah, which see. that
1: also that also goes into um you know, is the electrical super old how old's the building? Yeah. What was, when was it constructed? And has it had any recent renovations?
0: I I was just gonna say, I think lighting is important. Is it neon lighting that you can hear buzzing or is it updated or do you have the ability to update it, right? How's the lighting, does it feel like a dentist office or does it feel more homely? Yeah. Uh, What about cleaning? Are you in charge of cleaning or do you have somebody come in? And if somebody's coming in, are they cleaning your stuff? Do you have to worry about leaving valuables behind?
1: Right, right. So these are these are all like very. I'm, these are all really good points to bring up. Um, some of them are self-explanatory. Thermostat location: is it is it shared between you and other office spaces, um, or is it just your own and you can control it? Now, the first office space that I rented was shared on the lower level. I was in a basement. I had no windows, and I was in the back corner, so it got really hot mm. during the winter because the front offices that were more exposed to the doors would crank up the heat. And then it would just pummel my space with just this hot air all the time, um, which was super uncomfortable. It might've been really comfortable for my clients, but I was starting to fall asleep because yeah. I my body temperature was too warm. And again, sometimes that is dependent on. When was it constructed? Maybe newer buildings um, or ones that went through a complete renovation of their uh, air conditioning and heating system. It might flow a little bit differently. Um, it you want to flow
0: differently. They might have multiple units so that it's controlling, like maybe side A right. and side B rather than everything. Yeah.
1: And a key indicator I learned this off of uh, one of my friends friends who uh that was his job heating and cooling he came into my space because i you know most of the time in those office spaces there is some way you know like the the vents are different they're not like your home vents but you can still shut them on and off he looked at my space and he said there have been three different systems installed in this building and i have no idea which one works because they're all running wow and i was like uh what we had, we had wall vents and we had ceiling vents. He was like, every single one of these is blowing air. So a good key indicator is to actually look at what vents are on the ceilings and on the walls. Ask the leasing office, hey, what is the heating and cooling system here? I'm seeing a couple different vents. Can you please explain to me how these work? It's okay to ask those questions. And not a lot of people think to ask these questions because then they feel dumb. This is why we're giving you this information so that you don't feel dumb. It is okay to ask these questions. You mentioned electrical systems. Mm -hmm. Bring your charger and your cell phone and plug (laughs) it into every single socket. This is one of those things when you asked me, would you still have stuck with your space? Yeah, I would have, but I got in there, started plugging stuff in and half the sockets didn't work. Big problem.
0: Big problem.
1: Yeah. Because you can't just load up one socket with, you know, (laughs) like a surge protector that has 20 different plugs in it and plug in hot towel, hot stone, table heater, lamp, computer. You're going to, you're going to blow the place up.
0: Yeah. Big problem for sure. I I think that is one of the most genius ideas and everybody has it, right? Your, your, Mm -hmm. your phone charger does a ding. Cool. It works. Move on to the next one
1: right? And you want to make sure that it actually plugs in, not mm-hmm. tightly. It's not loose. It's not going to dangle out. Um, a good question to ask your landlord would be, you know, do you have a breakdown of what walls are on the same um, circuit breakers so that you don't um, plug in too many items to two different sockets that are both on the same breaker and blow it? Did that once, twice. <laughs> I did that twice. So again, another question, a couple of minor things, um, fully functional doors, windows, blinds, curtains, whatever's included. Do they function? Are they clean? Are they broken? Um, do the doors actually shut? Uh, do they, or is it like, you know, kind of sticky? Like is the door off kilter a little bit and you have to kind of force it?
0: Ooh, off uh, kilter.
1: I know big word for me today. Big word. <laughs> uh, windows, do the windows work? Are the screens installed appropriately? Because I also, when I moved spaces, uh, one of the screens was not installed correctly. Um, and there I had bugs coming in. Ooh. Yeah, not new. No, not, not good. Not good. Blinds, curtains. Now, while blinds and curtains are obviously all replaceable, depending on what, how big the window is, um, what the setup is, it might take some time, effort, energy, and more money to buy new blinds or curtains. You know, you mentioned cleaning crew. Most office spaces will have the option to opt into a cleaning crew that will take care of minor details, maybe vacuuming your suite, definitely emptying trash. If you have a private bathroom, possibly cleaning it just gives you a little bit of an awareness. You can either opt in or opt out. Just make sure that whatever confidential information you're keeping in regards to your clients is in a locked filing cabinet. all. that's all you need. Um, huge thing, which is one of the many reasons why I chose the building that I did. All the utilities are included except for internet. That's huge. Yeah, that is huge because I was able to set up a washer and dryer and I don't have to pay any portion of that utility for that added cost. So that's, that is a huge bonus for me, uh, because going to laundromat is expensive, decoration you always want to make sure to check whether or not you can use you can repaint hang pictures with nails whatever most times leasing offices will allow you to do it granted that you patch and fill it when you move out i'm, I'm looking at this list here um and if, <laughs> I I don't know why I think people are looking at the same thing I am, especially on an audio-only podcast. Um, guys, I'm looking at the rental guidebook that we have created uh, specifically for you, which you can go and check out and download, massagecoreacademy.com slash renting. I just want to make sure that we're covering everything that is super, super important uh, to this topic. Do you think there's anything else that they would need to be aware of when they're looking through a walkthrough?
0: Yeah. I mean, this is just your initial walkthrough to make sure that this is even the right place for you. Obviously you want to um, do a super deep dive once you're considering this to be a place, but you had mentioned painting. And um, there are situations where they may not allow you to paint or they say they have to do it. And that's a question you want to ask, right? If they have super ugly you know, mint green walls and you want them to be a nice beige. Is that your responsibility, your cost, or do they do it? Or is it one of those things where you can do whatever you want, but you have to put it back to how it was before. That's a fair question to ask because if you, if you sign the lease, you get in there and you find out that you can't change your colors, you know, you might, you might regret having signed that, you know, two or three year lease. Right.
1: And Hillary actually, when she rented her space, Um, One of our students found a rental space and they modified it to suit her needs. So they put in, um, I believe, hardwood floors for her. Um, I don't remember if they painted some rooms, but they made modifications to her space specifically for her. Um, Now, on a budget side, some leasing offices will do this and say, "Okay, well, yes, it's going to be five grand, but we will spread it out over the course of your lease. And some of them might say, Hey, we'll do this for you. Um, but it's going to be five grand. Um, it, it depends. These are questions that you have to ask.
0: Yeah. And, and some will see that as an investment in their own property and they may just cover it, you know? It, right. It, but like you said, ask the question, you know, the, the answer is always no, unless you ask. So ask the question and find out what, uh, what the true, true answer is.
1: Right. And when you're doing your walkthrough, I always suggest one that you, uh, everybody has a smartphone nowadays. So use your smartphone and take pictures. If permitted, most rental spaces will allow you to take pictures of the space. I really like the panoramic view. Um, because then what I do is I take a picture of each room and then I go home and kind of Chad's <laughs> Chad seen my colorful what do they call it? Schematic drawings.
0: <laughs> yeah, you walk, you walk my- me through that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> um, I go home and on a piece of paper, basically lay out aerial view what the office space looks like, so that when I'm considering, like, okay, I have this furniture piece and this table, and I want to put this there, I can kind of lay them all out. And you obviously, if you can't get a breakdown of the dimensions of the rooms, um, how big, how long the walls are. You want to bring your tape measure and measure that um, again. And that just coincides with the whole, make sure your table fits. Make sure that if you have a cube unit that's in your bedroom, that you're like, oh, this would be great in my massage space. You want to make sure it all fits before yeah. you drag it all in
0: there. If you're a tech not, I'm sure there's an app for that too, where you can uh, trace the room and it'll give oh, you absolutely. information. So if you're old school, like me using a pen and paper and a uh, tape measure, or there's also, uh, you know, some apps and digital ways to do that as well.
1: Right. So, uh, you know, these are all things that you want to, Oh, can't believe I missed this one building security. Uh, this might not seem like a huge thing, um, for most of you. Uh, but I work, I tend to think that I work later than most therapists. Um, sometimes my last appointment isn't until eight 30 or nine, uh, depending on what day of the week it is. Um, I'm a night owl. So I tend to start a little bit later in the day, have longer breaks. You want to make sure that, especially if you're in an office building, well, really, it doesn't really matter. Um, Are you going to have copies of the keys, including the front door? What is the lockup procedure? Is there a security system to arm? What is the parking light situation? Is it on all the time? Um, Handicap ramps. Um, if you're you, regardless of what your buyer persona or your ideal client is, you always want to make sure you have a handicap ramp accessible. Um, I usually tell therapists to avoid sets of stairs at any cost just because it's it's annoying, <laughs> in my opinion. It's annoying, it's not very suitable, especially if you have a client who say they're healthy, but then they get injured and they're on crutches and you're trying to help them. It's not really going to be that easy. So if there are stairs, maybe there's an elevator. That's the trade-off that I usually look for.
0: Yeah. You talked about security and the lights. Yeah. It's a good idea to take a drive through the parking lot, uh, after hours, just to see what, how lit it is. Right. You want to see if you're uh, need to park super close or if there's no lighting, Again, it's something you may be able to ask and get resolved, but you don't know unless you ask.
1: Right, 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 right. So, you know, do your first walkthrough, consider these options. And again, you can look at the rental guidebook on our website, uh, take it with you. And if you need to say, you look at the space and you're like, okay, this is a consideration. You look at two more spaces and then you want to look at that space again, go look at it again. There is no problem with asking the leasing office, hey, do you mind if I come check out that space one more time? Looking at it two times in my mind is completely okay.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And something that's in the guidebook that we aren't actually going over on this one is, um, you know, some conversation points, how to have that conversation, how to bring up a topic, right? If you you know if if you if you want to bring up one of the issues that we talked about, we do have some bullet points on how to open up that conversation so that you're coming from a position uh not just of power, but so that you can no- negotiate but get the answer that you're looking for.
1: Right. Right. And there's I mean there's there's tons of I mean we have five of them, yeah, five of them there, all you know, very various topics you know, how to open up the conversation for stuff to be fixed, Uh, negotiating the terms and conditions for a lease. Check it out because those are, once you find the space, you might be looking at the lease going, you know, like, I don't, I don't really know about this. And if you're confused about the lease, take it to a professional, whether, you know, if you have a, a lawyer on hand or an advisor or somebody in your family that has gone through this process before, it is always Always a great idea to get a second set of eyes on any lease before signing it.
0: Yeah. One of our students had a 50 page lease. So I'm really glad that they brought it to us so that we could take a look. Cause that's, that's overwhelming. And it's written in a way that not everybody understands and yeah, definitely get a professional set of eyeballs on it. Family friend yep. is perfect idea. I love that.
1: Yep. And that's, I mean, that's it guys. Like it doesn't have to be This, I mean, I know we talked about a lot of it and you might be sitting there going like, oh my God, like that's so much information. Uh, It doesn't have to be that complicated. You know, it doesn't, when you have sort of a guideline of things to look at, like I wish I would have had this checklist when I looked at my space, because I would have just been able to go down and be like, oh shoot pictures. That's right. Okay. Pictures, pictures, pictures. Oh, okay. Shoot. Um, Measurements. Oh, oh, sockets. I would have just been able to check mark this off my list instead of five years down the road going, oh, I wish I had this list. Right. Like, you know?
0: So yeah, massagecoreacademy.com slash renting. At the very least, download the guidebook so that you can um, take a look at what... Jeanette went through over the last several years, looking at different spaces and what she's learned. And you literally can just print it off and check stuff off. You'll know what to take with you. It's a super awesome uh, guidebook. So yep, yep, what yep. are we talking about next week?
1: Ooh, next week is, um, it's another one of my favorite topics, uh, billing with insurance, Uh, And this can vary from state to state, whether you're billing health insurance or whether you're billing uh, automobile accidents, Um, but it is a very, can be a very lucrative avenue for your business, you know, or just a way to gain one to three clients per year that may or may not end up sticking with you because they saw you during their automobile accident. It's going to be an interesting conversation because I feel like a lot of therapists don't consider this because the massive amount of paperwork that has to be done. And it's really not that much guys.
0: No, I have, I have several clients and they, their entire business is only about insurance billing. Yep. That's, that's the only type of client that they handle. So there is a way to do it, obviously working smart, um, you know, instead of, you know, working hard, getting the system in place, putting your cadence in place. Um, so perfect. I'm excited for that one.
1: Yep. 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 As always guys, if you ever have any questions that you would like to see featured, on the podcast, please visit our website. Chad, give them the link.
0: Massagecoreacademy.com slash podcast. You can submit a question right there and we will answer it live uh, right on a podcast uh, for you. And of course, we'll let you know when we're going to be answering your question.
1: Cool. Awesome, guys. Have a great week. Fold those sheets nice and crisp. Put them on the shelf. Bye, guys.